Thanks for joining us for another episode of LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. I'm Andrew Morris. It's our weekly discussion about life and faith, uh, where we ask three questions that, uh, that you guys have emailed us. Um, and you can email us again at Hope Media, uh, LifeWords at hopemedia.com.au. Well, David, let's start with question one, and uh, it's a good one. My work colleagues know that I'm a Christian, but reckon that all religions are the same, so don't really want to explore my beliefs at all. Are religions all the same thing, David? It's a very common attitude today now that uh, many people think, look, it's, there's not really any difference. So uh, it's not as if uh, people are all that interested sometimes in our Christian faith because they think, well, your faith's okay, my faith's okay, all religions are much the same and so on as this questioner says. But look, I think the only people who say that all religions are the same uh, to be perfectly honest, people who haven't really looked at the religions. I mean, I, I, I think it's one of the more silly statements, to be honest. Um, you know, ask a devout Muslim if they're Christians or a Jew, whether they're really Buddhists. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a silly sort of statement to say all religions are the same. Now, all religions will have some common elements, no doubt about that, um, uh, that, that, that there will be a sort of a shared virtue in religions. Um, all religions, I, I suspect, will have some sort of concern for the welfare of other human beings and for doing good and for serving God and so on and so on. So we don't ignore the virtues in other faiths and we don't ignore some similarities either. Uh, the Muslims and the Christians believe together in certain historical realities. Uh, no question about that. Jews and Christians are the same. Hindus will sort of have some relationship with Christians on some areas and so on. So we're not ignoring that the fact that there may be some common features. But to say they're all the same, I think it's actually, funnily enough, rather insulting to those religions because it's saying there's nothing distinctive about you. I, I, I certainly haven't got the time, and I don't think this is the place to go into great detail to uh, explain the differences. And just in brackets on that one, Andrew, that, that it's very important that we don't misrepresent other religions. Christians yep. very quite rightly get very upset when our faith is misrepresented. So and the last thing that Christians should do is to misrepresent other faiths by oversimplifying them. But having said that, I, I do want to make a couple of key points as to the fundamental difference might be, or the two fundamental differences there might be between Christianity and other faiths. Uh, one is that in other faiths in general, there is this, this emphasis on our climbing up a ladder to God, as it were, our seeking to attain relationship with God. We somehow or other got to do certain things in order to get right with God. Christianity has got a different emphasis to that in that God has come to our level. God has, as it were, come down the ladder rather than us climbing up to his ladder. That's one key difference. The other key difference is the role of Jesus. Buddhists, Hindus, um, Muslims and so on, they will all give Jesus some place in their religious uh, context, but they will not give Jesus a supreme place that Christians give him. Christians believe that Jesus was a unique revelation of God in human form, whereas these other faiths will come close but not quite be there. So having said, yes, there are some common uh, uh, values and um, some common beliefs, there are distinctive differences, and I reckon the two that I've just mentioned there would be the key differences between Christianity and other faiths. That's not to disrespect those faiths or to misrepresent them. It's just to say if there's going to be a fundamental difference, those would be the areas that are fundamental. So I guess uh, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, we all believe in one God, don't we? 
Yes, yes, they believe in one God. Mind you, the, the Muslims might say, well, look, you actually don't believe in one God. You actually believe in three gods because you believe yes, in the Trinity. Yes, and yes. that's, that's, that's a, an, an ongoing debate. But yes, yes, they, what they call monotheistic. Yes, we believe in one God. So mm. is it the same God? Uh, just out of interest, it, it, are we worshipping the same God, but just we've had different experiences and we've... I would say not in terms of uh, the Muslim God uh, whom they refer to as Allah and uh, our Christian God, no, because again, when Christians worship God, they are seeing him as Father, Son and Holy Mm. Spirit, where a devout Muslim would never see Allah in those terms. So again, I think it's a bit of a misunderstanding uh, to say we're all worshipping the same God. I think people who say that are saying, oh, well, look, we want to be nice, we want to be pleasant, we don't want to have these religious wars and bigotry, and I certainly agree with that. But to simply you go and say, well, look, we're all really worshipping the same God, I think it's to ignore reality because if you examine a Muslim and say, are you worshipping Father, Son and Holy Spirit? I'd say, no, I'm worshipping Allah. And if you say to Christians, are you simply worshipping someone called Allah or are you worshipping Father, Son and Holy Spirit? They say, well, I'm worshipping Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We are worshipping different gods. Um, now, there's a much more vexed and wider question that you can, in fact, within a Muslim culture or within another uh, religious culture, be funnily enough uh, reaching out to the God of the Bible. Uh, that can be very, very so. That, that can be very, very much so. And God is able to reveal himself within the Muslim culture, within the Jewish culture, whatever culture he likes. But but I think if you really look, examine the, the articles of belief of the Muslim who is worshipping Allah and the articles of belief of the Christians who worship Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you cannot in all honesty say they are the same God. I, I, I think that's unfair to both traditions. Yep. So the core, the core thing that we want to come out of this is the fact that Christianity is is different because of the Father, Son, yes. and Holy Spirit relationship. Because of the status of Jesus, fundamentally. And Jesus died mm. and rose again. That's right. Um, okay. So one issue uh, that, that comes up is, um, I, I guess in Christianity, we, we do have the, the gospel message, and as you were saying, uh, that the striving of works, uh, the New Testament clearly shows that Jesus took all that and that we don't have to work for our salvation, that Jesus did it all for us. Where does the issue of people like Rob Bell, who wrote the book Love Wins and got so much criticism for that, um, a leading light in the Christian church in America, uh, very popular, and then he writes a book about Love Wins and sort of maybe insinuating that the, there's a common God or, or God, or no hell maybe is probably the, the right question. But it brings up the issue of universalism. What is universalism? Well, well, yeah, uh, without zeroing in on Rob Bell, because his book has actually been variously understood. There are yeah. many people, including Rob Bell himself, who would say, no, I'm not being a so-called universalist. Look, yeah. a universalist is someone who believes that in the end everyone's going to get to heaven if you can put it as crudely as that, uh, uh, that that the God in the end is not going to sort of uh, have anyone miss out, that everyone is going to get there in the end. Uh, and and that's very much like those people who would argue that all religions are much the same thing and look, if you're sincere and somehow or other seeking to do the right thing, you'll get there in the end. I don't think the Bible actually allows us to do that. The Bible seems to allow the strong possibility that people are going to, uh, can be rejected, as it were. Where I think the value of, of the Rob Bells and so on, and I think uh, there is some value in what they're saying, is that they're saying, look, um, God's uh, God's nature is essentially love. Now, yeah. I would stop short of saying, because God is love, therefore everyone's going to get to heaven in the end. Because my understanding is, well, there's some people who don't 
want to have anything to do with the love of God. God's love does not impose itself on people. God's love invites people to heaven, as it were, but it gives them the freedom to reject that love offer. And if people reject that love offer, well, they, they, they are not there, as it were. I think universalism might sound good and sound very lovely and s- sentimentally appealing, but in the end, I think it ignores the uh, reality of human freedom. If, um, if I don't want to have anything to do with the love of God and the grace of God, uh, I will not want to be in heaven. Heaven would be hell for me because uh, if you don't want anything to do with God and heaven is saturated with God, yep. then you really don't want to be there. So I think universalism is rather misguided. But at the same time, I'd want to be very, very clear and say, look, God wants all to be saved. Uh, God is really working like fury, as it were, to save people. It's not as if some of the old views we had of God was that God is sitting up there sternly in heaven, uh, taking great delight in keeping people out of heaven. No, he, he's got his arms extended to all of us and saying, come, come, come. So the, the, the universalism in the Christian faith is that there is a universal offer of salvation, but there's not necessarily universal acceptance of it. Okay. You're listening to Life Words Q&A with David Ray. Thanks for David uh, answering that question. We move on to dating, and a friend of mine who is single has decided to seek some sort of partner via internet dating sites. Now, David, the question is, is this something a single Christian can do? Well, there's nothing essentially wrong with it. Uh, years ago, I suppose, you'd be looking askance at someone who said, oh, I'm looking for a partner on the internet. You'd think, oh how weird are you or something but I personally happen to know Christians who have met uh, other Christians on an internet dating site and are now happily married yeah. I mean that, that that's uh, there's, when you think about it there's actually nothing wrong with it um, it's much like trying to meet anyone in any context in fact the internet can make it much easier to find someone how on earth are you going to find someone who you may be attracted to uh, by just simply um, looking at walking around your local area or going to your local church I mean yeah I, I mean there are plenty of churches where there are no guys. Well, I mean, and, if, and if you're a single female, you know, you're going to have a hard time. Well, that, that, that's exactly right. So I think the internet is actually a, like, but the internet in general, I mean, it, it's got its dangers, it's it's got its advantages. And now the advantage of internet dating thing is that it puts you in touch with a wide range of people very quickly yeah. and very easily. But of course there are dangers to it. We've all heard the horror stories of people who've been, as it were, seduced by someone on the internet that, that and they are not the people they uh, um, uh, put themselves out to be and people have lost money and people have lost a lot of um, uh, uh, esteem and uh, so on by being sucked in by people who are who are just simply um, uh, not very nice people but that doesn't mean that uh, we should forego the opportunity of meeting someone on the internet uh, as I say I, I think the, the, the important thing would be take it easy take it steady but that's like in any relationship yep. you meet someone after church and you you get fond of them and well you take it easy you don't rush in Um, you don't take them at face value immediately you explore a little bit more about them and in that steady gradual building up of relationship and exploring um, uh, one another's ideas and attitudes and so on uh, you then come to a conclusion well is this relationship worth worth persevering with or not and I don't think the internet makes much difference there and the the danger is if you if you if you are desperate as it were go on the internet um, plunge into the first relationship you've got uh, or you gullibly believe everything that everyone says about themselves on the internet. Yeah. Uh, good, Christian sites should be a little bit more respectable, but maybe they're not. Uh, you've got to be, just be very careful, very cautious, not be gullible, not be naive. But at the same time, I just don't think there is there is any 
anything in internet dating sites that is unbiblical, unchristian, ungodly. I think it may be one of those ways in which God has acted to use technology to bless people and bring them into the sort of relationships he might want. But like in all relationships, be careful, take it easy, be prayerful. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray, Andrew Morris. Great to be with you. Thanks for being part of this uh, weekly discussion about life and faith. If you've got a question, you can email us, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. You can subscribe to the podcast at the iTunes store. Just search for Hope Media and the LifeWords Q&A podcast will appear. Otherwise, it's uh, question number three for us, David. Is it okay to ask questions about our faith? I've been told it's best to just believe and not to question too much. Well, I hope that's not true, given the, given what we're doing right now. Um, given our podcasts, uh, doing these Q&A podcasts is um, our way of saying it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. Um, I, I find that an interesting statement. It's, it's best to just believe. Um, how can we just believe if we're not sure of what we're believing? Um, now, now I would say we, we can't know all the answers. Um, and there is a time and a place to accept mystery and uncertainty. We're told to walk by faith and not by sight and so on. So, yes, there, there's the wrong sort of questioning. There's a sort of questioning which is arrogant and saying, I've got to know all the answers uh, unless I'm not, otherwise I'm not going to believe. Or saying to a Christian leader or teacher, you must provide a satisfactory answer to this question, otherwise I'm having nothing to do with you. Well, that's a bit silly. We, we've got to allow for mystery, ambiguity, as we do in these podcasts. We say that there's sometimes there's not easy answers or just one answer to a particular question. So there is that sense in which we've got to be humble and uh, admit that we uh, can't get answers to every question. But that's not to say we should never question. It's 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 very it's very good to be questioned. We can deepen our understanding by questioning. Um, it, it, it's like children growing up; they will always only grow by asking questions. And when we get to a certain point in our adult Christian life where someone says to us, "Don't ask questions," that all sorts of orange lights, red lights, actually flash in my mind because I'm saying, "Hey, wait a minute! Uh, who who is telling you not to ask questions? Is it the person who is supposed to have all the authority in your church or in your Christian group?" And and are they simply saying, don't ask questions because you've just got to accept my authority or you've got to do things my way? Uh, or, or are they, in other words, trying to close your mind down by just simply having you conform to a rigid set of beliefs which are simply handed down to you and you are not allowed, as it were, to question them, to challenge them, to rearticulate them and so on? That can be very, very dangerous. I'd assume it'd be very hard to get through a full life without have being uh, impacted by uh, big life moments and not asking questions. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, you know, God gives us patience through having to go through difficult times of having to learn patience. So I, I'm imagining that at those times you would be asking questions. Oh, yes. I, I think it, it, it's very appropriate to ask questions. The Archbishop of Canterbury just recently was quoted as, uh, he was misquoted sometimes to say he sometimes doubted the existence of God. I, I think I read in the paper, yeah, that the, the headline was sort of saying he has lost his faith. 
uh, but, but it wasn't the... Which is just fairly yeah. fairly typical of a secular media misunderstanding yeah. things. Uh, no, what he was saying, yeah, but, but he was really saying, Justin Welby, who's a fine Christian man, was saying, look, uh, there are times when I'm faced with issues in life where I simply say, God, where are you? What on earth's happening, God? How can a good God allow this? Now, as you said, if we're honest, we'll all face these situations and ask these questions. Now, with those sorts of big questions, oh God, why, why is there suffering in the world? Well, sadly, unfortunately, we're not probably going to get clear and easy answers to them, but it's perfectly right to ask them rather than just simply, as it were, batten down the hatches, bury all these doubts and these fears and these questions and say, I'm not going to ask them because somehow or other it betrays a lack of faith in God. It doesn't betray a lack of faith in God at all. It simply betrays our own humanness. God is God. We are human beings. We cannot expect to know everything there is to know about God, but that doesn't mean to say that God simply says to us, shut up, don't ask questions. What I think he rather says to us, by all means, ask those questions like Job did in his long um, long appeal to God about his suffering situation. By all means, ask the questions, but I'm not necessarily going to promise that I'm going to give you clear and what you might believe to be adequate answers to those questions. But by all means, ask them because it's part of being human. It's part of accepting the fact that I long to grasp my faith more and more and more. I long to know more of God, but at the same time, I know I can never uh, achieve conclusive and exhaustive knowledge of God. I guess it's how we deal with those those if we do get answers, or how we deal with asking those questions. If we're just building a, a, a resentfulness or anger or frustration, that's not going to do us much good in the long term. But I guess asking the question, as you say, there's no harm in that. It's how we deal with the uh, the, the afterwards. That's right. There's no harm in asking the question. Two things that, like you, you, you're quite right. Accepting the fact that there might not be easy answers to it. Number one, but number two, as you ask the questions, not to do it in a spirit of arrogance, argumentativeness, as it were. Uh, to, to, there are some people who are very aggressive like that and say, right, I'm not going to be a Christian until you can answer this sort of question, or I'm not going to sit under your ministry until you satisfy my curiosity. Well, no, that that, that that's putting yeah. ourselves in an arrogant position. But some humble, genuine questioning. I think is perfectly okay. And if someone tries to fob you off by saying, just believe, I think that's not the sort of Christian faith that the Bible envisages. The Bible says that we, in our understanding, we are to be grown-up adults, it says. Um, we are to move on beyond milk to solid food, and all that implies that our faith is something to be wrestled with and grappled with. And so it's something that can be intellectually wrestled with, um, and, and that intellectual wrestling will include questions and even at time doubt. You've been listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. Thanks so much for joining us over the past 20 minutes or so. We'll join you again next week. In the meantime, please have a listen back to our previous episodes. If you've got a question that hasn't been answered or asked, please shoot us an email, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. And David Ray, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Andrew.